Support for this podcast is brought to you by David Nolan and Vishwanath Alavur. Thank you guys for your support. We truly appreciate it. Um, for all our listeners, support for uh, your support helps us get fresh voices, new voices, credible voices. Please support Mindmakers, Mind Podcast, um, uh, through in any which way possible. Uh, the link for support podcast is available on our, on our website and on, on the podcast page on Mind.net. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast on SoundCloud, you won't find it linked there because the SoundCloud does not allow us to post links. So please go check www.mind.net for more information. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Mind Podcast 75.0. This is your host, Adit Kapadia, and together with me is Pramod Kumar Buravalli. How are you, Pramod? You almost invited people for Garba, <laughs> not podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes them happy. <laughs> I, 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 I can tell you, I'd rather, uh, I'd, 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 like, after the podcast, I'd rather be doing Garba than doing anything else. So, uh, anyways. No, but... Welcome to Mind Podcast 75.0, your weekly source of news, views and analysis and analysis of news. Yes, I know we've been out for two weeks. Y'all have missed us, but uh, our, our apologies for the extended break. But now we're back and we're back for a long period of time now. Yeah. We'll be doing these regularly and uh, we are excited to be back because it's an extremely newsy week. I mean, yeah, weeks. Because uh, what what started with uh, Nice and then now in Munich yesterday mm-hmm. and then Kabul just about a few hours ago uh, continues to happen with such regular uh, ferocity and you know there's no time to... I didn't relax. even know about Kabul actually. You know, the Hazara community procession was attacked and this is again a minority Muslim community that is being attacked uh, mm-hmm. by extremist elements. It's just... Unbelievable, and the coup in uh, Turkey. We have just begun to talk about it, and then unbelievable. You know. So, I I just want to uh, give a lowdown of what we are going to talk about. Um, <laughs> the ironic thing is, our last podcast we talked about Istanbul attacks and Dhaka attacks. Now we have our next podcast. In between, there have been the Nice attacks, the Munich attacks, and Turkey coup. Yeah. It's crazy. So we're going to talk about all that. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely talk about uh, the, the horrible thing that happened in Gujarat and the politicization of that event after that. Uh, we'll talk about the Donald's speech in the Republican National Convention. Hillary Clinton has a new VP pick. Donald has a new VP pick too yeah. since we last recorded. Yeah. Mike Pence of Indiana and Hillary Clinton's pick Tim Kaine. Tim Kaine of Virginia. Uh, Virginia. I have been talk- we've been talking about the, her picking a Southern Democrat. Yeah. So that's that. We'll also be talking about Kashmir because Kashmir's tra- uh, Burhan Wani's thing uh, exploded as well after that. So uh, and and so did many news studios. Yeah, no. <laughs> so we are going to be talking about uh, all that. So it's a very very uh, it's going to be a longish podcast, but we are going to try to cram everything that we missed missed over the last two weeks. And of course, we'll end with our um, recommendations. But before we get into um, uh, further, there is a quick message from our uh, third musketeer, Sunanda Vashesh, who is in um, Uzbekistan right now. I'm kidding. She's she's on a trip to India and she's uh, she sent in a little bit uh, her, her greetings on the 75th episode. We're finally completing our Diamond Jubilee. Um, uh, unlike unlike the Queen, we don't do it after 60 years. We actually, <laughs> 60, we wait till 75 to get there. <laughs> I, I just had to say that. 
I, I didn't mean 60 years. I meant 60 episodes. <laughs> but um, and then then she also has. So do we retire after the 75th episode? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, see, there is no reshuffle in this cabinet. <laughs> so <laughs> there is there is no reshuffling happening after 75 years. So which which actually the cabinet reshuffle also happened, but me and Sunanda we did a yeah. uh, hangout over it. So but but we'll get Sunanda's uh, initial comments in about that, and she also has a special ground report on what happened in Kashmir. So uh, but that will come later in the podcast. Hello, this is Sunanda Vashisht, and I want to wish Mind Team and all of us a very happy 75th Mind Podcast. Um, unfortunately, I am not there still. I'm still traveling, as we all know, and Mind Podcast is back after a short break. Um, and I'm missing the 75th podcast, but I should be there soon. I just want to thank all our listeners, all our sponsors, and everyone who um, uh, you know, gave us suggestions, um, you know, talked about us, and um, listened to us. I just want to say a huge thank you to them, and happy 75th Mind Podcast. Thanks, Sunanda, for your kind meeting, kind greetings, and for our listeners and stuff. And we miss you uh, over here. But I know you're having a lot of fun there, so <laughs> uh, we'll we'll wait we'll wait to see you when you get back. Um, but coming to the news attacks, Pramod. I mean, this was like we saw this model uh, uh, modus operandi in Israel, where somebody crashed a truck and started uh, his knife, and here he crashed a truck into mowed down people on Bastille Day and then took out a gun and started firing. And not a person that was under the watch of the French intelligence because, you mm -hmm. know, generally people who have a high social media profile or are known to be participating in activities that are beyond their regular uh, scope of work are always kept under watch. This person of Algerian uh, descent really came across as somebody who was not deeply religious. He was kind of a very, uh, sort of a loner sort of a guy. Mm. Uh, then all of a sudden decides to get radicalized almost uh, instantaneously, decides to carry a plot, not using guns, not using bombs uh, to that extent that usually mm. terrorism gets associated with, but with a truck mm. laden with, uh, you know, just uh, regular stuff and he mows down people along uh, the path uh, when they were celebrating Bastille Day, uh, which is the day the French Revolution took place. So. This this guy this is the kind of radicalization that is happening without uh, the motivation coming from ISIS or uh, uh, you know any other um, you know, wings of the Islamic terror movement whether it is Al Qaeda or AKAP or whatever you can call it uh, whether people ascribe that to lack of economic opportunity or discrimination mm. it, this is again descending um, fast into a, an attack per week. Uh, same, I think about a week, week and a half ago, an Afghan person of Afghan origin uh, wielding a machete or an axe was uh, basically trying to cut, cut uh, uh, I mean, uh, you know, he was just slicing and dicing people, away at yeah. people in, in the train that he was going. Mm. And he was quickly subdued and uh, perhaps even taken out. Mm. Uh, going back to Munich, again, a, a person of Iranian uh, descent not really known to the authorities decides to uh, go to a McDonald's and carry a rampage and puts the gun on himself. Mm. This is again... He killed, uh, he killed children there. He killed children, you know, and this is... The same goes with Nice. And now going to Kabul, yesterday 
the Hazara procession, which is basically uh, for their, uh, you know, for whatever their activities were, Zaras are very nomadic sort of a, a people, tribal, tribal people, mm-hmm. and uh, have nothing to do with uh, uh, political activities, and they were uh, really taken out. So this is just again descending fast into a chaotic uh, situation where the world is looking towards leadership uh, from the Western countries, and none is coming. I, I don't know. Theresa May gave a very interesting intervention on the nuclear thing, and you know, it was refreshing to take somebody take yeah. such a bold stand. I think it dumbfounded the Labour MPs. Imagine if Hillary becomes the president. Mm. Hillary, Theresa, and Angela are the three countries mm. leading the Western civilization. Uh, three ladies. But I have a feeling that Hillary and Theresa are not compatible. She, Hillary, is not as she tries to be politically correct about everything. Right now, but if the situation so demands, you never know, you know, they all become presidential right at the moment they mm-hmm. want uh, that power yeah. to be. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm all for being politically correct, but this war, this is a war type situation that the world is in. And it's not like a real war, it's a war of civilizations. Yeah, that's true, but. And, and one, just just to, I, I just wanted to quote Golda Meir, the Prime Minister of Israel, former Prime Minister of yeah. Israel. Uh, she said, she had a very famous quote and then, of course, she had it in a different context, but it applies here. That we will only have peace when they love their children more than they hate us. Yeah. Or, and this was way back 60 years ago when she became one she was of talking the, about the Arabs. strongest uh, of, you know, opponents yeah. of the Arab, um, pan-Arab nationalism that spurs all of these... Uh, uh, a violent extremist movements. Um, going back a little bit to Turkey also, Adit, the aborted coup attempt has mm. taken a big toll in all the uh, vestiges of the secular military establishment. Some of the mm. bureaucracy are all being, including the judiciary, are being uh, taken into custody, uh, which goes to show that this was a, a very uh, puny attempt. Mm. And the puny attempt is being taken advantage of by uh, Erdogan in a political way. He's now putting all his political detractors, all the people that he felt uh, should have uh, been in the jail in the first place, uh, under the pretext of the coup, uh, under custody. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, the West is so weak right now, they are not, I mean, if if some uh, such thing hap- had happened in India or mm. in any other country where a few of the liberal, secular people were even, you know, sent, sent a warrant. Mm. The huge, huge uh, barrage of NGOs would descend and they would, they would cry a uh, wolf. Mm. But now they are not doing anything as far as Turkey is concerned because they, they are they're, they're caught uh, in a very bad situation. Again, I keep going back to the 60 uh, nuclear bombs that are parked in the Inklik uh, air base in Turkey, which are property of NATO. Okay. Mm. Uh, Erdogan did try a little bit to scare uh, the NATO NATO off by Mm. cutting off uh, supply to that. Mm. Uh, So the danger of you trying to call a a violently Islamic nation an ally um, is dawning upon the the Western world. They are in a situation where uh, the first time I see a a bipartisan group of uh, legislators try to uh, say that Pakistan is no longer an ally, it is basically a foe, of, uh, it's not even a friend, it's a foe, direct foe to the United States. So I see in another six months, whether it is Hillary or I certainly feel it's going to be Trump, but mm-hmm. even if it is Hillary, 
uh, they will have to take a serious stand against us. So that uh, another thing, and I mean, I was watching uh, Bill Maher last night about this, <coughs> and he had a couple of uh, one conservative voice and then a couple of liberal voices. I, I don't agree with everything that he says, but on Islamic terrorism, he does have a couple of points. I mean, he may go off on tangents on the other edge, and I, again, I don't uh, agree with his single ever position. But he he was talking at the lady Anna Marie Cox, or I forgot who it was. She she kept on refusing to take a position like about you know it was a very Hillary type position saying yeah. you know who, that a lot of left leftistic they don't stand up for the liberals in the Muslim world and what he, he actually he, he made a very interesting point that um, you're talking about uh, uh, Af Afghanistan and stuff like that uh, they're like um, uh, can Europe integrate the immigrants the same way that America can and people don't seem to have an answer to that. No, they can't because, see, US, the United States or Canada or Australia can be considered land, land And when I say immigrants, I huh. mean the immigrants coming from uh, right Syria. now. Uh, for that, for that matter, countries. any place else, I'll tell you why. No, because the Indian immigration conundrum has been completely different. It's, it's, Irrespective it's, of that, I mean, huh. it's, it's like this is our land. This is a land where our forefathers have been there for five, ten, ten thousand years. Mm -hmm. People from Britain can claim that about Britain, uh -huh. but you cannot claim that about Interesting the United point. States. It has been Canada. a land of immigrants. It has always been. These three, at least, have always been migrated for at least thousand years, mm -hmm. settled for the past five, six hundred years, and now uh, you can you can cl clearly say that the immigration stance in the United States will always be different from that of Germany because. You know, how many places have Germanic people really gone to? Mm -hmm. uh, versus now, uh, this whole problem with the immigrants turning into violent extremists uh, has never happened before. They've either uh, given uh, uh, as much worth and as much back to the society as immigrants when they've gone. And mm -hmm. here, this is the other way around. They're turning into real extreme elements uh, with whatever intentions. Uh, the European countries have opened up their arms, whether it is humanitarian or in the guise of converting them to Christians or economic reasons or whatever it is. Uh, you know, the, the, the payback is very, very brutal. Mm. The payback, of, you know, you are seeing all of these are recent immigrants. You know, the guy in uh, Nice, the guy in Munich, the guy in, uh, you know, Germany with the Mashiti attack. These are people who have recently been op opened, uh, you know, access to and they're all turning into violent extremists for whatever reason. No, but I see what I don't understand, and this is something that needs to be debated even further. I mean, we don't probably have time for that, is you're coming from, say, a conservative society to a relatively liberal society. Are you getting angry that it is very liberal? Or are you getting angry at the policies of, this, of the country at itself the, towards that society? Yeah, but why are you coming here in the first place? Exactly, the, exactly, the exactly. So that is something I can't answer. And this is not... They could have gone northwards. See, I'll huh. tell you. And this is not just a problem of immigrants. I mean, a, a lot of them, like, over here, you had people who are residents who commit this uh, thing. And not... So we can't even just attribute it to just immigrants. Yeah. Uh, and there are residents as well who've done that. So it's 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 you can't really say there's a trend. But what I'm saying is, if you've stayed here and stuff, what makes you that thing that somebody said something uh, sure it could be very reprehensible you can complain to your HR if you don't like somebody what somebody said at work or something. Yeah. but what prompts you to uh, do this no that is why I feel the Arab world has been very responsible with the Syrian crisis especially the Syrian refugee crisis is because 
even if you say geographically the people living west of damascus which is towards turkey oh. towards uh, with the access towards greece and europe mm. were naturally gravitating or uh, were were forced to push towards the west which is europe but the people all across syria even from south even from oh. as far back as east mm. actually only went westward they did not go towards iran mm. they had northern borders open they had other borders to, mm. towards the south of syria open still towards lebanon towards mm. jordan uh, what prevented these people they were seeking a better life you have to admit that absolutely you have to admit that huh. and when you are admitting that you are going for a better life into the western shores you have to be ready to make certain compromises it will not be conservative like you are used to uh, the economic opportunities will come you have to settle down first you know even before you settle down if you want all alien will rights that are given to any resident alien or for that matter citizen it is just this is where education comes in, into picture immigration departments have to be educators as to what i mean that's what india lacks also you know you don't i don't mind people coming in from nepal or bangladesh because of economic opportunity but unless they know what they are coming into the respect they have to give to hinduism in india or christianity in europe or liberalism in europe uh, unless that happens they will never be a good amalgamation that is why i think europe will always be anti immigrant very unlike the united states very interesting point and this is not to suggest that it is an immigrant only problem this is this is a far bigger problem but europe is facing two crises not so much united states united states when they had the orlando attack or the san bernardino attack they were very much um, i would say Ireland, huh, you know, huh, it's an island home grown attack or something and i wouldn't say a home grown yeah. that's too big of a word but they were ter- domestic terrorists right. um europe is facing more like um, a, 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 a on both sides they are face they have a, a, a small portion of radicalized society it's a small portion but so that doesn't mean anything small is still significant five people can still do more damage than zero so i mean i i, I don't even agree with people who say oh only a minor population it is um, it is only very minor but that still is dangerous just like pan arabism is dangerous pan europeanism is also dangerous which is what brexit is showing right now hmm. this is what has political social cultural and economic consequences hmm. the economic consequences was that they were not able to afford paying their own stuff hmm. greece was bankrupt portugal was bankrupt all of these countries except for england and germany and couple of other france countries france probably and, no france was still again it depends on who is the prime minister yeah yeah it depends so uh, you know these countries were bankrolling smaller countries and now they have decided to be a benevolent and a very big humanitarian uh, you know outreach for these people coming in who created the problem in syria and iraq in the first place you know so there is there yeah, is a big absolutely. problem these guys have to sit across the table <laughs> on a lighter note if you saw the convention you would almost feel like it was a hillary clinton creation the way they said the republican well, national well, they, they keep forgetting so peter thiel bashed uh, the wars unnecessary wars in middle east who went to the middle east it was a republican government and and you know this talk about pan americanism is dangerous because america has always stood for globalism if the in reality if you check um, this uh, yeah. term called pan americanism uh, you know i'm for americanism not mm. globalism the, is he saying that this country is going to become a socialist country <laughs> closed to talent to technology to everything else from the outside or investment from the outside i know that the united states depends on investment from the outside too 
So what is he saying? So and talent. Uh, look at Silicon Valley. For God's sake, it is the biggest melting pot so of the there, world. There is there is a balance that needs to be carried yeah. out. Immigration it has to be a responsible uh, two-way street. Yeah. The two-way street is that the immigrant has to respond uh, in a, in a very amicable and a benevolent uh, hmm. manner and a humble manner that they are going to a country where they are seeking better life and better economic and naturally societal opportunities. Hmm. Same goes to the country that is opening its doors to immigrants is they cannot have these sort of wild, uh, you know, imaginations that these people will come in, they will be more loyal, they will be, uh, you know, converting in droves. Uh, Neither the can culture. they stereotype them. Yeah, so 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 all all Arabs and all everyone coming from Syria and Iraq is not that. So you cannot generalize saying all immigrants are bad. No, no, you can't. You know, and uh, this is this is where the problem is with the um, the the United Nations, which is a defunct organization <laughs> in my uh, my opinion. Uh, I don't know why India keeps trying to get a United Nations Security Council uh, <laughs> membership when it, it itself is, uh, uh, you know, never capable of enforcing anything. We, we, we've debated about that. I know. People uh, check uh, out. Anyway, but coming back anyways, to, you know, all of these issues are there. You know, if United Nations was really strong and, uni uh, you know, multilateral, it should it could have intervened even in Syria. Bef before these one million people died, United oh. Nations would have gone and sought a peace-seeking mission. It has not. Um, anyway, coming back to this saddening, uh, you know, stretch of events that is happening, I, I urge everybody to be very careful and uh, not not to basically in involve themselves in, um, you know, conversations with the people that have a very narrow set of uh, ideologies. And this this is what I, I recommend to everybody else. Mm. Uh, try to gauge yours, uh, you, you people you are debating with or talking to in a very subtle no, and, way. No, and also stand up for values that you believe in. Like you, it, it's very important that you also stand up for the liberals of the Islamic world. There, and there are plenty many, who don't many. have a voice. Majority are. I mean, I don't think everyone is conservative. There are different strands of conservatism. Yeah. Uh, somebody might, and I Look don't... Look at that Baloch girl who got killed by her own brother. Yeah, yeah Kandeep so Baloch. Sad. Absolutely it's tragic. And the father was drugged, the father was asleep uh, upstairs and the brother basically strangled him. And, and then you, if, you, if you are saying that this is not to do with the uh, conservative Islamist ideology prevalent in Pakistan, then you are doing a disservice. You, you have to admit that, that he was influenced by someone, he was influenced by things. What, what the hell is this dishonor to the family? And, and, and again, I have to say this, honor killings is not just limited to Pakistan, it, yeah. it has happened earlier in India too. Yeah. And it's a reprehensible thing. And, and you know, the, the whole wide array of uh, problems that the world of oh. 7.5 billion people faces on a day-to-day -day basis, to add to that a, a perceived notion of honor, perceived notion of insult, perceived notion of uh, abuse is just adding to the already, you know, a stacked up set of uh, problems on terror, on climate change, on corruption, so many different issues that keep piling up all the time. Mm. Uh, th th this cannot be a pretext for, uh, you know, uh, violence. Very interesting point, Pramod. So, this is a good interesting note on to wrap up this segment. Now, we are going to uh, talk about um, uh, the Gujarat tragedy. Yeah. And then I'm going to, I know it's a sudden change, but then we he talked about Pakistan and India, and then, we, then we'll talk about Kashmir. Uh, so, you know, the, the tragedy was in, in Una, uh, there uh, three or four Dalit boys were beaten up brutally 
by people of some Kauraksha Samiti or something. I, for, I forget the exact name of the organization. I think it was something like that. When I think they were skinning the dead carcass of a cow oh, or something. For the skin. For the skin. And then they were dragged in a vehicle all and then beaten up again in the village and stuff. I mean, you know, their shirts were taken off and they were beaten and stuff. And it was horrible. It was horrible what happened. Um, th- the, the thing is that as a society, we still face these problems. I can tell you, as a uh, as a as a Gujarati, I have not seen this happen in Ahmedabad, where I was born and raised in. I was there six months ago. Uh, didn't and Ahmedabad has still been a very urban city, but in the villages, some villages, it does happen. Um, not so much as it probably will happen in a lot of other states. But this, even for somebody who knows that on a, a certain level, and I've tried to reason with a lot of people as well, that a lot discrimination hai. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this happen in in Gujarat. I've never, and uh, I may have not like in the last. I I should quantify say saying in the last ten, fifteen odd years or something since the advent of media and so forth. So my first reactions were like this was just just horrendous, and whoever it might be, I mean. Uh, uh, I, I, Whoever it might be on one side, whatever they were doing and stuff, uh, this was just not. And and the leather industry is one of the biggest, uh, you know, I would say head givers. And uh, for people don't understand this, you know, unfortunately, and I am a very devout Hindu. I pray to the cow, but at the same time, uh, people have to really become a little bit more practical in their way of uh, looking at so many different things beyond their own career. If you are in software, fine, you have no involvement with the world. But if you are in, not in software, if you are in other areas, you see leather everywhere. Whether it is in furniture, whether mm. it is in shoes, whether it is in jackets, whether it is in um, even upholstery, you know, you, you see leather everywhere. Where is the leather coming from? Now, if you are really um, about uh, respect to the cows, sure, when the cow is alive, you take care of them, you do a kaushala, you do a parnashala, whatever it you can do in that your uh, local community. Mm. And when the cow passes away, whether you are cremating it, whether you are handing it over to uh, some other people to take care of it, the whole village ecosystem that people have a dream of, mm. whether in ancient times, you know, you bury the cow or mm. the calf, this does not exist today. The leather and the tannery industry is a very big part of the society in which not just Dalits but many other people from other communities are involved. Not, I'm not talking about skinning of the dead cow or whatever it is, but in the different uh, supply ah, chain. You have gloves, boots, work boots made from so, it. So, so what are you going to do with it? Are you going to make boots out of uh, leaves? Are you going to make boots out of, uh, you know, uh, non-cow uh, meat, uh, you know, skin? What, what, I mean, the level of education that even within these organizations that has to percolate is immense. Mm-hmm. They don't have an understanding. If they all of a sudden become Gaurakshaks, it doesn't mean that they are protecting Hinduism. They have no idea that, that their action mm-hmm. at that point in time is having such a big ripple effect across mm-hmm. the socio-economic spectrum, I'm not even talking cultural spectrum. It's a dead cow. It's a dead cow. You probably even didn't pay attention to it when it was on the street. Right? And now all of a sudden you have become its rakshak. So, you know, unfortunately I have a different take to all of these set of events. Um, 
who can step in and provide <coughs> leadership it is the religious leaders who have to step in you know prime minister has nothing to do with it this is not political at all if the rahul gandhi and kejriwal are going to Derek O'Brien also uh, apparently uh, uh, he, he doesn't bother to go to Maldah or West Bengal or something this, but he wants to go to liberals, that is the problem with India also I, so you have one really you, set of you know uh, I'm going out on a limb here yeah. Pramod, but I don't think none of these people Rahul Gandhi, Kejriwal or Derek O'Brien one week ago could point point Una on a map of yeah. Gujarat they could not they would not be able to even if they could point out the problem with them is they are so um, negative in their outlook for uh, almost every of their uh, in their political mechanizations i wouldn't be surprised if they created this incident i don't know about that probably the way it was blown up or yeah. something i don't know See, but but, but like ye hai na ki you are there are fault lines that do exist in india if if we don't admit that we but they only go and talk about the fault lines that is uh, exposed by no, they, they uh, the, no no that's discussed by ravish kumar uh-huh. or by uh, barkhadat or by uh, rakdeep sardesai no but it's a cabal see this is a cabal we've always known see huh. the cabal is that the hindu minded or the let's call them uh, conservatives in india are very emotional they quickly react on such issues hmm. तो ये उनको पता है तो वॉट दूडो लिबरल एंड कंट्रोलेंट्री प्रोसीडिंग्स So yeah there was a disgusting politicization um, and I see this happening more and more as we approach to Gujarat 2017 because this is a very critical election a and UP and UP of course UP of course and we are, we are coming to Mayawati's thing but UP is in the 6 months Gujarat is going to be after a month and a half and what usually happens is then 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 you that is like almost like little past the halfway mark for any government and that is when the national election campaign starts if you saw that's what it started after Gujarat 2012 which started because then after that is Karnataka and then Madhya Pradesh Rajasthan yeah. Chhattisgarh and then you go into national polls so um uh, 2017 12 they are always critical years because up the biggest state being yeah. and in this time also punjab is going to be big in focus because of the drug menace and stuff and uh, our siddhu paji resigned from parliament i know uh, i mean i no, don't nobody was laughing <laughs> <laughs> but then his protege and i, I use protege not politically but his protege from laughter challenge bhagwant man another mp who made from comedy to um, uh, um, comedy of errors comedy of errors <laughs> i mean a tragedy of errors he recorded the entire parliamentary I, i think he should be suspended and actually he should his uh, parliamentary membership Uh, you know he I mean, did render a, a, an unconditional apology but i last, no, he, last i heard, sorry last i heard that sumitra mahajan uh, is uh, reviewing the rules of uh, you know what what uh, can action can be initiated against See, this person is a drunkard and possibly um, has an influence of drugs because how can you record the security uh, protocols that are followed in the parliament when the parliament was attacked 15 years ago and you know it, it, when the attack happens they don't differentiate between bjp or non bjp members this guy is an absolute nut uh, nut case not and then he initially defended it yeah. and he's like mai wapas karunga and apparently one of his aides was telling him that don't do it and, oh. and on on uh, on the recording he keeps 
taunting the other aid and this person uh, and so is the symptom with aamadmi party this party is basically uh, it's like uh, vultures you know they are waiting for the dead, uh, you know the person to die and then try to feed off on it with no political ideology with nothing except for waiting for either the bjp or the congress to collapse and try to take that space which is it's not going to work. for the love of god i don't know why kejriwal went to gujarat to talk to that i mean i only can think of the 2017 elections and i mean this is disgusting gutter level politics if he is fancying chances in gujarat good because that will split the vote of the congress and bjp will come back to power <laughs> i absolutely he is going to do that and not just that um he knows he's smart he'll do underhand dealings with congress in gujarat i'm yeah. i'm quite sure about that and anyway this this whole episode of the attack i'm coming back to mayawati and her sagging political fortunes i yeah. think this is one shot in the arm for her uh, because there's a lot of dalit consolidation happening in up in favor of the bjp yeah. um they put a dalit man in charge now uh, to lead the campaign but keshav prasad maurya right and uh, um, there there's a lot of uh, gravitation towards Uh, a bjp government in up but at the same time uh, this will backfire on mayawati if she doesn't uh, quickly um, you know because just alone uh, just alone the, the dalit vote vote will not get her through she has to have another community which was the brahmins until today that coalition uh, if that 10 or 12% brahmin vote in up uh, goes away to the bjp then uh, she has a big big problem so there is where the interesting thing comes yeah. uh, Congress propped up Sheila Dixit as their face, yeah. and a lot of these um, anchors. Oh, and yeah. this was funny. Ravish Kumar did a show on the cabinet. Um, uh, I call him the smartest of all the lefties yeah. because he, uski dhang bolne ka acha hai, and I like the way he conducts the program. I sometimes ah. hate the content, but I, you know, no, but, he, but you know, he does it well. Yeah. no question it's not shouting and all he uh, went on a long spiel about how you know the do- cabinet is dominated by brahmins xyz yeah. xyz and then on one of his star commentators that abhay kumar dubey was kept on harping about brahmano ka vote brahmano ka vote when shila dikshit uh, came now the thing is i am i hate this b- bracketing woke in vote into brahmins the yeah. let's things and that but it's a sad reality of our times but my point was that when you're talking about the bjp you start talking about all these casteist calculations and stuff and when yeah. and in a very uh, ridiculous and a uh, what do you may say um, Uh, uh in almost a negative con- in a negative connotation but when you're talking about uh, the congress party you start talking about as an analyst yeah i mean you know this this is this is the slight difference between uh, uh you know um, uh, if you are truly passionate about curing the caste problems of india or uh, solving them you know curing is a wrong word solving the caste problems of india then talk uh, talk about both with equal reprehension or talk about e- both with equal analysis don't differentiate between parties. no but these analysts are themselves casteists uh, to their core they never want this caste problem to go away yeah. that is why they feel very cozy about the congress formula of treating every caste at par uh, with uh, a vote bank you know one vote bank after the other mm. you know let's say kham first maybe another uh, formula next mm-hmm. uh, that is why they identify themselves ideologically with the congress ideology because at least hindutva <coughs> seeks to uh, dissolve these uh, fissures mm, mm. no hindutva across the four religions of india across the different uh, mm. myriad castes and uh, mm. systems uh, hindutva 
at the very uh, idealistic level does not differentiate you know if you are part of this cultural ecosystem then you are part of the culture and of ecosystem. course i mean the interpretation is where you know things get start getting a little muddled that's where bjp has to do a good job at, at communicating yeah. what hindu swami but and that's you know the, the caste thing you said uh, that's what i uh, wrote in a piece long back when the hardik patel part 1 happened in september that uh, and he did this rally in ahmedabad and stuff that congress in, introduced the most disgusting caste politics in gujarat when you had the kham alliance yeah. and this and that and then what they are trying to do is the the thing that happened after the patel agitation agitation between the obc reservations and something they are trying to exploit that divide yeah after after this and um, i mean the campaign is going to get even uglier because they know that anandiben patel may or may not come back she i don't know till if she is going to continue till the elections yeah. uh, she said that uh, she said so on in the interview yeah. but i don't i don't know what's going to happen right now um, gujarat is at a very precarious position it is there have to be careful yeah and i don't know if uh, the plan is to send amit shah to take reins or whether somebody no, else no i don't think so i um, i have said so on twitter and yeah. i'm saying i'm Quite deep confidence. Very, very, very neutral sort of a person. Uh, no, Amit Shah. Well, they did appoint a very uh, interesting, uh, good state president. He's respected from all quarters. His name is Vijay Rupani. Yeah. He's um, uh, uh, again, uh, we, we, you know, when uh, no one says uh, the, so, he's not from any caste or something. He's yeah. he's he's a Jain <laughs> like me. So uh, we are in like micro minority all across <laughs> India. So uh, trust me, we are not a vote bank anywhere. <laughs> But, I can tell you that that shows that when you get a very neutral person uh, especially and not just polit uh, caste wise or whatever he politically also every side loves him yeah. including the rss yeah so uh, and and so that means that there is a stalemate and a decision has to be made pretty quickly on who it is is going to lead the charge especially in gujarat because i'm sure uh, congress will pitch a, a chief ministerial candidate it won't be a, no they won't are you sure they won't they mm-hmm. will not they uh, isn't this wagela's last chance every election is wagela's last chance so <laughs> <laughs> and true. before every election there is a rumor that wagela is going to join bjp it, yeah. it, it is like i can tell you with my uh, thing in 2000 before 2012 i had that rumor before 2014 yeah. i had that rumor but 2017 i had that rumor yeah. so uh, no congress has four leaders uh, uh, who have uh, never really won elections i mean they have won their own seats but wagela popular of course he had in 95 he did win an election and stuff but in last not in the last 10 years yeah. then you have shakti singh gohil who lost his own seat last time arjun modwadia i mean no one knows what he's going to utter next mm. and siddharth patel the uh, glorious uh, in court son of chimanbai patel yeah. it's like a rotating door Yeah. between these four they all keep on taking mark bharat singh solanki arjun modwadia and then sometimes this tushar choudhury also comes in and stuff the same people keep on um, like uh, musical chairs musical chairs yeah. yeah so that's the thing in gujarat but we have to i mean you know we are running short of time so we have to talk about the republican national convention now gujarat to straight republic because we wanted to reserve from, kashmir for the last from one chaos to the other one chaos to the other huh. Well I liked uh, Ivanka Trump's speech uh, more than anything else because she brings a little bit of sanity to this whole mix of uh, <laughs> she brings a little bit of GOP to the Trump party Well yes because uh, <coughs> it almost looks like she has a thinking ahead you know and she has uttered things that make sense to the common middle of the ground Americans and 
um, you know she does have look to have a bright future i don't know about donald trump um, if another attack happens here in the next 3 uh, months he is sure to win hmm. but if hillary can outsmart him if she has anything on him it is time now for her to start talking about uh, uh, the negatives that she might have stored up until now tim kane is a good choice um is a favorite um, he's uh, the head of india caucus also has very good relationship uh, with indian americans mm-hmm. i don't know about pence in uh, indiana um i, I know that uh, donald trump himself personally has very good uh, relations with the indian american community which again like the jains in india they are a very micro minority 1% of the population but very well respected mm-hmm. uh, and i'm sure their vote will also be up for grabs um, Uh, I think what issues Indian Americans are going to look to, towards is economic security and uh, a tough sa- stance against uh, Islamic jihadist movements across the world. If somebody can lay out a clear vision to all of uh, just these two, there's no not really a societal or a, a political uh, agenda for the Indian Americans. They're still at a one percent, uh, you know, demographic level that they. But did you did you think Trump came out ahead in the after oh, the convention? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but so one thing I have to say that was a long speech. It was it sounded long winded in parts. So. it's 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 a, a, a cinderella story that he came from behind nobody kn- knew that he was he had half a chance to hijack the republican party they were all red faced to the extent that they didn't know that they had been hijacked i have to say but that they have come ahead when peter thiel made that say that i'm a gay i'm a, i'm a republican and i'm an american yeah proud american and when the stadium reverberated with it was you can say the gop has come now i don't know whether they were the trump no, supporters no, 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 or no. hardcore gop no, supporters no that is because it is in ohio had this convention happened in tennessee oh my <laughs> god the boost would have been peter would have immediately turned democrat uh, ohio is a, is a, is a state that fluctuates huh. it, it fluctuates right so uh, it happened in ohio that too in cleveland a liberal city but it wouldn't uh, very interesting yeah. point very interesting point Kashmir is on boil again and some of you may ask what is new uh, well uh, what is new this time is that it has come after a relative period of peace but peace is always um uh, you know peace is not really what we think of peace when we talk about Kashmir peace is always as i have said uh, repeatedly in all my writings and every time i've spoken about it peace is always a period between two violent periods so between two violent periods as in 2010 was the last very violent period in Kashmir um and then after that um of course it has never seen real peace but you know the major organized violence after that um that the state has the valley has seen is now and this came after um burhan wani um terrorist and poster boy for um hizbul mujahideen um was shot dead in an encounter and the entire valley erupted after that and um as always happens uh, he was portrayed uh, painfully by the media as someone um who was um, you know wrongfully um, you know gotten by the security forces um but as we all know and um, as the security establishment as the intelligent apparatus knows burhan wani was a terrorist he was um, responsible singularly responsible for 
um, huge increase in recruitment of local um, Kashmiri boys in the terrorism. As everyone knows that terrorism in Kashmir has seen um, three phases. Uh, the first phase was very indigenous struggle, which was led by JKLF, and this was mostly, um, uh, you know, recruited by Kashmiris. The second phase was when Pakistan completely took over, and the mercenaries, uh, mercenary jihadist forces took over, and this is when uh, Lashkar Toiba and Jaish e Mohammed, but um, led really by Hizbullah Mujahideen. Uh, saw the, um, uh, you know, um, taking forefront or saw um, taking the lead in Kashmiri um, terrorism. After this, the third phase now is uh, the local, um, uh, you know, rise of terrorism where local boys or uh, local population of Kashmir had been, um, you know, getting recruited. Uh, where is this violence going to take us uh, right now? Almost 42 people have died and state government is trying its best to restore normalcy. Union Home Minister Mr. Rajnath Singh is in Kashmir right now as I talk. Um, as uh, I talk. Uh, I don't see this getting out of control. I don't see um, this um, taking shape of 1990 where, um, you know, um, it's a sacrilege to say now, but we had pretty much lost Kashmir and we brought it back from the brink. So we're not there quite. And um, this was something that, um, you know, um, the security establishment and the state government had in mind that this was this would probably uh, follow after the killing of Burhan Wali. So uh, I'm not anticipating any long period of cold, um, uh, you know, cold summer, as um, the media has been calling it, there will be no prolonged period. But and Mehbooba um, Mufti today was seen reaching out to the families of victims, to um, mostly to regular, to uh, ordinary people, and it seems that the situation will be back to normal. Um, but Kashmir will always be something, a problem that will not get solved pretty soon. Um, as far as long as um, Pakistan will use terrorism as a tool, um, as a state policy, Kashmir will always be burning because they will always, um, uh, you know, they have always considered Kashmir as an unfinished business of partition. Um, but I, I do hope for peace to prevail pretty soon, and uh, I'm hoping, um, uh, you know, normalcy as we know, quote unquote, returns to Kashmir. Very interesting report by Sunanda on Kashmir, and that's what I was saying that the last part will be Sunanda's uh, report on Kashmir. Uh, what do you make of Burhan Wani's, uh, the reactions to Burhan Wani's thing? Well, they, they were, uh, again, once such an operation of that magnitude happens, uh, I think the central government did a little bit two of uh, two errors. One error was that they should have taken Mahbubha Mufti into confidence uh, mm. to gauge the repercussions. You know, mm. if such a thing happens, if a flare-up happens, if they know that the flow of money and the motivation is coming from across the border, they mm. knew that. Uh, and I'm sure the NSA with his uh, wise uh, uh, nature would have gauged reactions if they are able to carry it for three weeks, four mm. weeks or five weeks. Mm. I think they did the right thing by using the pellet guns. They shouldn't have used as many, but pellet guns is basically instilling such a fear amongst these stone pelters mm. that you cannot imagine. Uh, 
Mm. But at the same time, uh, whether the state government and the central government is are in tandem or are they on the same page is is where I am a little bit concerned because it is their own government in power now. Mm. The BJP cannot say that they are not in power. But <laughs> so what what are they trying to achieve here? If you want uh, the stone pelters to go away, they they will fizzle out. The money will fizzle out. The pellet guns are a good strategy. Already 50 people have died. Many, many, many are blinded. Many more injured for life. So uh, I, I don't know. See, that's the that's the conundrum, right? About pe- using the pellet guns. That are you is the, the the what the leftist anchors. A lot of them have said that are you blinding? Why are you blinding your own citizens? Um, which is a legitimate argument on some reason. But the problem is also, is it an effective deterrent? It has become a very effective deterrent. I'll tell you, the stone pelters are absolutely scared, so much so, that they are only asking the pellet guns not to be used. When they are mentioning that, that means they are shit scared. I mean, they are really, really <laughs> running character. Mm. But at the same time, judicious use should be there. If they are you can't citizen, just use, huh? They should have set an example and use this very sparsely and scare, you know, kind of a... <laughs> But then again, who understands the problems that the security forces face? They no, are so I, violent. The people, irrespective of how much you try to outreach. Last year, I remember the security forces rescued thousands and thousands from those floods that happened in the Kashmir Valley, in the valley itself. Hmm. But what? imagine the payback. If they really don't want to be part of India, they can leave. Yeah. There's and a road open. What I find it reprehensible is all these Kashmiri journalists being paraded on Indian TV as saying that they represent the views of... They They sound like separatists, yaar, some of them. So if they want to... I mean, visas can be arranged or doors can be opened ah. at Vaga. They can all be let inside. <laughs> all the love for uh, Nawar Sharif's love for Kashmir. Today, I really liked Shushma Swarat's statement coming in uh, openly, very strong statement. Never give up Kashmir. In fact, we will go after POK and uh, take over the entire Kashmir. And, and Pakistan can go to hell. Huh. And what is this nonsense about plebiscite and uh, uh, oh, Kashmiri youth is uh, disenchanted because of employment? Yeah, it's one state. Jammu and Ladakh mein kya? Ye log security forces ko And if China thinks that by doing joint uh, patrolling with Pakistan, they will scare India. China should be very scared. They have two restive provinces, hmm. one in Tibet, one in Xinjiang, and India will do whatever it takes to call Chinese bluff and will do whatever it takes to uh, help uh, the international community in encircling China. If China hmm. thinks this is their strategy, this is the payback after thousands and thousands years of peaceful hmm. coexistence hmm. with China, um, I I couldn't care less. And, and you know what? I, I see all these um, all these uh, shows uh, that the people do, journalists do from Srinagar. And it's very nice that a lot of uh, people in Kashmir want to stay together. Great. They want Some of them want pundits back and stuff. What I would like to for them to do is find out, and people will not admit this on camera, I know, but they can find out if they want to go to Tral or somewhere. Find out the people who threw out the pundit families 20 years ago. Talk to them if 20 years later they uh, have the same thing or at least have the guts to admit that what 20 years ago we did was reprehensible, wrong and we condemn it in no unequivocal terms. You can't say it was a spur of the moment thing. It's not a spur of the moment thing. You know, the kind of violent nature that gets exhibited, I I don't mind separate (coughs) national, sub-national identities living under a bigger nation. Mm. I don't mind a Naga identity. Mm. I don't mind a Kashmiri or a Kashmiri identity. I don't mind a Telugu or Tamil or whatever identity. 
as long as it comes under the sovereignty of India, which goes to show, show to the world. Kashmir is an example of Indian secularism at its best and its worst. Hmm. Both. Best because India's patience is exhibited at the maximum possible extent, but worst because the other side is not reciprocating. Imagine if India India's patience runs out. It will. And one day it will. And these people have nowhere to go but into the uh, to the valleys of Gilgit. What what is going to happen? You are facing a nuclear armed one of the most powerful nation on earth. India does not talk about its own power, but does, that doesn't mean that India does not have power. Not just that, Pramod. <clears throat> you have to also understand that uh, 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 they talk about oh uh, we can't speak our minds and stuff. Yeah, every day on nine o'clock you talk. Come on, news. You <laughs> Kashmir is you you put put Jammu and Kashmir on a map. Look at the geographical area of Kashmir Valley. Look at the geographical area of Jammu and Ladakh. Have you seen, and it's one state, have you seen Jammu, people from Jammu and Ladakh uh, 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 throwing stones at the armed forces? Uh, I, the problem is, and they refuse to admit it, the, 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 at the crux of this is the, is, the Islamic, Islamic radicalization of the valley. Correct. The 20 years ago, or probably I would say 30 years ago, 20 years ago it was because of the Pandit exodus, 30 years ago Kashmir Valley had started radicalization but it was not as radicalized as it is right now. You know, they, they have to talk to their brethren in Balochistan, they have to talk to their brethren in Kurdistan who are also equally devout Muslims but the nationalism that they exhibit is completely different from the pan-Islamic ideology that these people are exhibiting. Hmm. You know, the, 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 the kind of uh, Islamism that is uh, uh, taking shape in uh, hmm. the Middle East, Kurdistan wants to come out of it. And frankly, Burhan, when he was not a goddamn star, that you elevate him to that level, he was a terrorist. And talk about him as a terrorist. Yeah. End of so, story. I mean, so anybody that has any iota of uh, knowledge, India will not let go an inch of territory, be it in Kashmir or in Pakistan occupied Kashmir. One day or the other, it will come back to And Jordan. I would urge everybody at this point to read Amrinder Singh's piece on why we should the support Congress our leader person, a Congress leader, yeah. but yeah. a militant, military historian, one of India's finest military historians, actually. And fought, fought the wars in uh, 62 and 65 as well, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and I, I pray that his, you know, he was the deputy leader in the Lok Sabha. Na? I, I, I pray that Gulam Nabi Azad, the leader of his party in the Rajya Sabha reads what Amrinder Singh has to say when he was saying all these things about Kashmir. And honestly, I don't know what the hell Gulam Nabi Azad was saying, but banning Taslima, Nasreen and Tariq Fatah from Indian TV studios is not going to stop the Kashmir problem. Uh, they should only travel to Bangladesh and see the fight that Sheikh Hasina is valiantly facing against Islamic Jihad. Huh. These people, again, these are pseudo-liberals, these are people that really uh, in <laughs> India have been pampered by the Congress party, unfortunately, the past... Um, <laughs> Gulam Nabi Azad to was a member of the Congress and, only. And this, this pampering has led to uh, these uh, mm. kids who are really, uh, you know, astray like uh, Gulam Nabi Azad. <laughs> the kids. So. No, okay, so there are two two things on the Kashmir issue. One, Indian government has to solve something politically and I, th I think as much as I'm skeptical of the alliance with the PDP, probably it was a legitimate move because the Kashmiris voted in PDP, yeah. Jammu and Ladakh voted for BJP or Jammu voted massively for BJP. Yeah. You have to have a uh, government that talks about um, 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 both the uh, uh, things, you know, then uh, um, uh, if, if these disaffected Kashmiris really want to have a political voice 
other than the huriyat and i think the, again the, the voice of uh, the majority also has to be paid attention to even mm. if they are muslim even if they have a separate set of uh, uh, practices if they want uh, if they feel that the pdp is not or the national national conference is not giving them the voice that they deserve i think the indian government should seriously think of uh, helping form another party which is a non huriyat non pdp non nc party that will give voice to these uh, it and, and absolutely so you have to bring the mainstream if people are disenchanted the indian government it's on, on the indian government also to reach out to its own citizens but to give me this uh, you know spare this bunk of saying that there is no owners on the other side yeah. and saying that this is a economic issue this is god forbid not an if it is an economic issue open the economy it, of it, kashmir no, na it can be it can be economic Huh. it can be social it can be political it can be cultural it can never be religious hmm. if you bring religion into this then there is no space hmm. india will never accede to any of your, the demands of pan islamist movements hmm. again if it is in the larger ambit of uh, talking about issues about rivers talking about issues of uh, the economy really not uh, in fact when i did the numbers on the kashmiri economy it is actually doing much better in human development indices than many other states <laughs> many other states so this is this is so do, should they also pick up stones so uh, this has to have a uh, certainly a political solution and the prime minister has to pay attention to huh. even if it means that breaking off the alliance with pdp and forming no i don't think so I, i think mehbooba's response has not been bad I I I don't under, like in on this tragedy or something I I don't she has cooperated but has she gone, but has she gone on to the street she I don't want her to utter anything in on the contrary when this dies down this is what I really don't like about Kashmir I I I'll have to tell you something yeah. though I I agree with you but you should also see Muzaffar Beg's speech in the Indian parliament that he gave I like that I like that so I'm not I'm not denying that although he came up with a conspiracy theory no, about no, no. Burhan Wani's killing also I know but then what about Mufti If she decides to, te- uh, you know, use her uh, Mufti's legacy, legacy almost right. dichotomy. Ha. So say this in Delhi and say something else in Kashmir. They should drop her like a hot cake then. Yeah. But no, you have to also understand is that the onus is also on BJP on why they are different than the Congress that they will not play the cynical politics of propping up governments and bringing down governments. Yeah. So um, they should bargain hard with Mehbooba, no question. But I think they should give this alliance a shot because I'm just saying that I I don't think Omar Abdullah is going to the Abdullahs are going to help by yeah. any any means. But at the same time, if it is only going to be between Abdullahs and uh, the Muftis, what I am concerned about is this. There is this un uh, you know I would say uh, unknown energy in the Kashmiri youth, and who is tapping into this on the positive side? On the negative side, across the Zgilani and others. Ah, so that that is what interesting point. Yeah. yeah. So of course we I think we agree that Kashmir needs a political solution, but it also needs a little bit of pragmatism from on both ends and see you know what to approach. The media shouldn't idealize and romanticize separatism. There is nothing romantic about people saying uh, 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 you know wanting to uh, separate from the country and doing it on basis of uh, uh, religion and masquerading it as some sort of a historic injustice. And the other thing, this nonsense about economic thing, uh, ek to first of all it falls. 
फ्लैट सेकंड ऑफ ऑल इफ दे आर रियली कंसर्न दे शुड ओपन अप द इकोनॉमी आर्टिकल 370 हटा दो अलाउ इंडियन बिजनेसेस अलाउ इंडियन बिजनेसमैन टू कम एंड सेट अप शॉप इन श्रीनगर यू डोंट वांट टू डू दैट यू वांट इंडिया टू पोर इन मनी एंड स्टफ एंड इन्वेस्ट ऐसा क्यों कीप इट एन ओपन इकोनॉमी एवरीबॉडी शुड बी एबल टू इन्वेस्ट एंड दे हैव टू अंडरस्टैंड दैट द मनी दैट इज कमिंग इनटू इंडिया इज नॉट रिस्ट्रिक्टेड टू एनी स्पेसिफिक कंट्री यू नो आई हैव सीन सो मेनी सोवरेन फ्रंट्स फ्रॉम द बिडीज पर्टिकुलरली द द गल्फ स्टेट्स कम एंड इन्वेस्ट इनटू इंडिया सो दे कैन आल्सो कम एंड इन्वेस्ट इनटू कश्मीर तो दिस इज this is their closed mindset pan socialist no, i don't think so i think this is a separatist mindset yeah. the sad part is and you are right that they are tapping into the wrong side we need a leader there who taps into the right side and engages with the youth right. so and that has to be a state leader that cannot be the be prime minister going and stuff like that it has to be a kashmiri leader who does it so very interesting points i think uh, we've covered a lot in this podcast uh, before we go of course our uh, most wonderful exercise uh, recommendations so promote your recommendation you gave me two weeks to watch tv <laughs> <laughs> i usually don't watch as much but um, i was looking through some shows on netflix mm. one show that we have been watching regularly me and my older daughter is um, called samrachana which i already recommended mm-hmm. then again we hit upon another show called adrishya mm-hmm. adrishya is the the story of indian spice all the way back to chanakya's days when chanakya employed uh, jeev mm-hmm. siddhi a jain monk as a spy mm-hmm. and uh, going down to towards your stories of raw which had uh, your great rameshwar nath kao you had the uh, stories about really this is very interesting are it very well made and it's now on netflix about 12, 12 to 13 episodes which oh. uh, we have already watched five or six of them wow and uh, very inspirational because there are women spies also and my daughter really likes uh, seeing those <laughs> so, those stories i'm telling you in advance thank you for ruining my weekend because that's all i'm going to watch it's, now it's very good adrishya has kao and mm. kao is obviously the best absolutely ever. so i have to tell this then my recommendation for the week is a book i i said that i was reading it earlier it's the emergency by kumi kapoor and it's about the person her personal story of the emergency and how it was a tyrannical thing and now i knew what and i mean i'm a fierce critic of indira gandhi for the emergency i've even written a piece for it uh, that i i have admirations for what she did in 71 but i cannot let what happened in 75 go so but but when you read the personal stories and i'm just going to quote a couple of passages from her book it shocks you so and one of the things he he said about kuldeep nayar and stuff uh, kuldeep nayar's thing about you know of course the the dal was watery and the chapatis were half made and stuff but in the barracks 28 prisoners were accommodated with just one fan and only three la- three dry latrines for which they had to queue up in the morning the stench was overpowering and could not be masked prisoners bathed in the open there was only one water tap uh, which was shut off at 9 am and most of the prisoners depended on hand pumps it needed hard hard work just to release a trickle um the second thing was about jyotirmoy basu who was a cpi mp the building where he was confined in hisar jail was also used for prisoners awaiting execution throughout the day the condemned prisoners let out blood curling cries his cell had no window and uh, although the near roof there was a small ventilator which allowed drain water and dust to enter the cell the impact of such hard harsh conditions was to wreck the detainees physically and mentally and force them to write humiliating letters of apologies to authorities and the same happened with gayatri devi vijayaraja sindhya um vajpayee was sick a lot of people uh, who were sick were not allowed to go out and when they went out it they were it was just too bad a condition to rescue them horrendous period 
for you know that that is why the legacy of indira gandhi with the positives the enormous positives that she brings to the table almost immediately gets nullified with the negatives also you know it's such a um, very interesting and a, a, a dangerous character that she brought to the mix which mm. is uh, unfor- unforgettable mm. but at the same time you know uh, the times that she was in and the kind of compromises she she made mm. to ensure that bangladesh gets liberated that is one of the hallmarks of india's foreign policy is you always go and mm. uh, reach out to communities that are persecuted that has traditionally been what uh, india has always been about mm. uh, it's very interesting and a very deviant sort of a character that she had uh, yeah and i mean when 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 put to good use it delivered great and spectacular so that that is the very interesting part na because she was also saying about uh, kumi also talks about uh, her being in a um, lot of paranoia after mujibur's thing in bangladesh yes. and so forth because mujibur had become a dictator almost after yeah. uh, the war so anyways um, but that and, plays down to what i was saying as far as adrishya adrishya has a chap- uh, as an episode on ajit dovel as well you should watch it you <laughs> I mean, will not you will not regret i am already telling you thank you for ruining my weekend because that's all i'm going to watch now <laughs> but Netflix. absolutely but this is this is a this is a fantastic discussion i hope we covered everything we could in the last two weeks next week we're going to be back with more stuff highlights from the democratic national convention uh, what hillary said or didn't say and so forth we'll be talking about a lot of more indian politics that goes on the kind of uh, stuff that was being uh, you know said not said so forth and uh, we'll be back soon before you know it till then this is pramod and adit signing off thank you guys for tuning in